Please turn with me this morning to Psalm 91, rather Psalm 71, Psalm 71. We believe this is a Psalm of David. In the very next Psalm, Psalm 72, the final verse says that the songs of David, the prayers of David, are ended, the son of Jesse. So we assume this morning that this is David's words. He's drawing near to the end of his life, and he's going to look back, and he's going to draw great comfort as he nears the end of his life from all the experiences that he's had in his life, and they will help him in his latter years, in old age. We've been thinking of youth, we've been thinking of family and marriage, all these different life stages that we come to. Well, all of us, I think, unless the Lord takes us early, will come to latter years, old age, and we need to glean and to be instructed by the wisdom that God sets down. This must be heeded as we reach the latter years. I'm not going to define whether that's 50, 60, 70, but I'm going to try and speak to all of us this morning. My message this morning is, regardless of age, you need to be preparing for old age. I knew a man once, he was in his middle 80s, he was a character, he was a tall man, he used to work on the docks in London in his early years while there was still dockers and when he reached his mid 80s, he was living in a care home but he would never admit that. They had special meetings each week for prayer and Bible study, but he would never go because he didn't consider himself to be elderly. And when as a church there were meetings for the elderly and there was a a vague definition of 65 or 70, he refused to go. I'm not old, 85, 87. 89, I'm not old, he would say, and I don't want to sit with elderly people. No, I want to speak to younger people. Well, each to their own to a degree, but I think on most definitions he was elderly, but he was in a little bit of denial. He was a believer. He trusted in Christ, but he just didn't want to be with the old folks. And he didn't want to help or sit with elderly people and give his experiences in life, which I think is what David is going to teach us here. The question is not if we get old. I hope all of us do get old. The issue is when you get wrinkled, And when your eyesight fails, and when your strength diminishes, and your memory fails you, will you be prepared 
for this inevitable stage of life where you get old and where your strength fails. David speaks about it if he's the one that writes here. He says in verse 9, Cast me not off in the time of old age. I don't know how old he was. Forsake me not when my strength fails. Old age, that's a worrying phase of life for many. But not for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian this morning, if like David, you came to know Christ when you were young, or even in middle years, you don't need to have fear. That's the message of this psalm, King David. This psalm is sometimes known as the prayer for the aged. So my title this morning is Aging Gracefully. How will you approach old years? We have a number of elderly people listening this morning at home. We have some here, if you admit it. Those in their latter years, let's just call it that. How will you approach old years? David, probably when he wrote this psalm, he faced a crisis. It may be it was Absalom and his rebellion. And he faced this crisis, not quite knowing what would happen. But at the beginning of the psalm, in this wonderful verse, he says this, In thee, in my God, in Jehovah, do I put my trust? Let me ask this question. Do we have any older people this morning? You've never trusted in Christ. You've gone 50, 60, 70 years, and you can't say this. This is a testimony. We have people who come before the church. They come to me or to one of the officers, and they say, I would like to be a member of the church. Not everybody that comes to the church is a member. Only those who stood before the church and have said something like this, In God, I have put my trust. Here is when and how, and this is what it was like before, and this is what it was like afterwards. That's your testimony. And this is David's testimony. It's very simple. A testimony doesn't have to be complicated. We make things so difficult, don't we? In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust? Or we could just stay here. What's David saying? I don't trust myself. I don't trust the world. I don't trust any of the other helpers in the palace. I don't trust in chariots and weapons, in God. What do the Americans say? In God do I put my trust, except many of them don't. But can you say this? Have I got hearers listening this morning, and you've never come before the church, 
You've never said, I put my trust in God. That's as simple as it needs to be. We're going to look at this on Thursday evening. The calling of the disciples. Their calling, their occupation, and their calling. What were the two words that the Lord Jesus said to them? It's not difficult. Two words. The children can listen to this. And they can hear these two words. The same words which Christ says today. Follow me. Oh, I thought it was more complicated. I thought I might need a degree. I thought I might need to sign something. I might need to do something. Follow me. We'll think about that on Thursday. But the person who comes to the point of saying, no, I can't trust myself, my own works, the things that I think I've done that are worthy of heaven, no, I can't trust any of them. The rosary beads, nonsense. Hail Mary's, nonsense. My charity work, nonsense. My Christian upbringing, nonsense. My mother's faith. That won't do me any good on the day of judgment. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. I've heard those two words, follow me. And I'm going to leave everything else and trust in Christ. There's the gospel. In Psalm 71, verse 1, the statement of David. He knows that Christ is secure reliable, dependable, trustworthy. He can be depended on in every situation in life and especially in old age. Let me never be put to confusion. If I trust Christ, if I follow him, follow in his footsteps, follow his word, follow him to the cross, I'll never be confused because I won't have two or three masters. I'll have one, Christ, and I'll put my trust in him. Well, the psalmist David, I think, says, looking back in life, I have a whole arsenal. Do you know what that word means? It's not a football club only. It's a store. He goes to his arsenal. All the triumphs and conquests, the defeat of Goliath, the times that he was in the cave and he thought nobody cared, but God did. He goes to his arsenal, the library, and he draws out comforts for his soul. He's in a crisis. He's in a difficulty. Absalom is doing something. And he goes to the arsenal, to the library, and he pulls out the stores that have been built up through life. Older friends this morning, this is going to be the lesson for you and for me. As a person in the latter part of my life, 
the second half, probably. Have you drawn today on the supplies that God has put into your life? So three points, very briefly, this morning. Firstly, the challenges of latter years, especially if you face them without God or you don't exercise faith in God. Secondly, the need to prepare early in life. Thirdly, exhortations, encouragements, instructions to age gracefully. Challenges, preparations, and exhortations. So what does David say here about older years? Well, he says very simply, it's the time of life when strength fails. You can't do what you could do once. Maybe your legs give way. Maybe you've got arthritis in the hands. You can't open the jars anymore. The time when strength fails. Sometimes it happens slowly. We don't realize it's happening. We can't do what we once could do. We deny it for a time. Oh, I can, I can do it. But David says, cast me not off when strength fails. I think he's thinking as well, secondly, not just of strength failing, but of loneliness. Oh, that horrible illness almost. Isn't it great today? A world that's so connected, we have all the gadgets, all the facilities to be connected, and we're so unconnected. I visited a lady just yesterday. She's just got hours to live. She's got no relatives left. She has few that know her, unconnected, with just hours to live. What a sadness. Cast me not off. Do you know if you're a member of the church, if you've professed faith in Christ, if you've trusted in him, that should never be true of you. Because there'll always be somebody to visit, somebody to care. And of course we have our Heavenly Father, the one who cares cares in every situation in life. When we've got no strength left, he is there. Strength fails, loneliness. And then the psalmist says in verse 10, he's got enemies, Absalom, maybe, speaking terrible things about the king. Do you know people speak badly of us, even in old age? How sad that is. Oh, such and such. And we speak badly of them. We don't even understand the difficulties that they face. We don't know their challenges. We don't know what they're going through. Looking after, caring for somebody else that's got dementia. And maybe we're tempted to speak bad of them. Enemies. How sad. In latter years, 
loneliness, strength failing, words, those laying in wait, taking counsel together, speaking badly of King David. Well, there's also that great problem of memory, isn't there? Dementia. Isn't dementia a cruel thing? There are ten stages of dementia, I'm told. They progress. Some say there are seven. But dementia, it robs us. Sometimes people with dementia, you can hardly recognize who they are. And they can't recognize or remember who they are. What a tragedy in life. But you know that might well happen to one in three people here? Dementia. And then, of course, the greatest problem of old age is the one that the Apostle Paul speaks about. Living in the world without God, without Christ and without hope. Isn't that the biggest tragedy? You go to a care home. We take care home services in five or six care homes in Bedford. That's about 10% of the care homes in Bedford. We wish we could do more if we had more helpers. And you go to a care home, 10, 15 of the residents, and then maybe five or six of the carers listening in and you read something familiar and some memories come back the Lord's Prayer, that's remembered the Lord is my shepherd oh that's remembered some of the grand hymns that we love to sing they're remembered but I wonder what will happen in 20 years time when people don't know the Lord's Prayer they don't know Psalm 23. They don't know I am the way, the truth, and the life. They don't know any truth to turn to in the years when strength fails, memory fails, personality disappears. They've got nothing to hold them. Will the anchor hold in the storms of life? They don't have one. And sadly, that's the case with those that we speak to. What can we do about it? We can't reason with them because their memory, their mind, they're not what they once were. It's nearly too late. It's never too late. But it's nearly too late for them. What a ministry. Witnessing, reading the Word of God, to those who can't read it for themselves, they can't see it. Some have eyesight's failing. We go and we do what we can. It's a compassionate ministry. It's a ministry of love. It's what Christ would do. And so we do it gladly. We wish we could do more. The challenges of old age, in the world, without God, without hope, without Christ. And so we try to take something of Christ, just something, that's all that's needed, just a sentence, just a word about him, and it can stick in the mind, and the Lord can work the challenges of old age. Well, 
David refers to something else here. Secondly, this is speaking to all of us, the need to prepare early in life. Look at what he says, verse 17. O oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth. Is he thinking of the hills when he was a shepherd boy? When he killed the bears and the lions? and protected the sheep, and there on the hillside, he knew his God. He knew the great, the greater shepherd. O oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth. I had a relationship with my heavenly Father. I looked at the hills, I looked at the stars. He made the stars also. David knew Christ, the promised Christ, because he knew that through him, Christ would come. Thou hast taught me from my youth, and since then, hitherto, from that time, I have declared thy wondrous works. Children, do you know your Maker? Do you know what? The one that made the stars also? Do you know the only one that will hold you in the latter years of life? Verse 18. Now, also, when my hair's going grey and dropping out, O oh God, forsake me not until I've finished my work. I've showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. We'll come back to that. Preparing for old age starts now. Do we have a five-year-old listening? Are you preparing for old age today? In your Sunday school lesson, hear of Christ. Look at his wondrous works. You didn't get here by accident. God made you. And God speaks through the stars and he says, I'm here, I'm real, and I'm speaking to you now, just as he did to King David. Well, he says in verse 6, before he was even born. Look at that. Abortion? Life? When does it begin? By God. Have I been holden up from the womb? That's enough. You don't need another verse in the Bible. God knew David. From before he was born, I was kept from the time I was an embryo, 24 hours old. I was kept. God helped me. My birth didn't come to a short end. This was not a pregnancy that failed. God kept me. He held me in the palm of his hand. Verse 6. Thou art the one that made sure that when it was time for my birth, nine months, however long it was, you took me out of my mother's bowels. It was a safe delivery. 
how many births in those days resulted in the end of life one in four one in ten but no God kept me he made sure the pregnancy went well he made sure that the birth was not a stillbirth and my praise shall be continually of thee that's what we pray for for mothers to be we pray that their pregnancy would go smoothly that God would hold up that little child he's not a fetus she's not a fetus it's a child a real human being and David speaks that God knew him held up and then safely born and my praise shall be continually of thee verse 7 I'm a wonder to many people look at me as King David and they don't understand I think what he's referring to here is why is this great King this great King with such blessing and wealth the one that had the plan for the temple the one that's done so much in war and conquest why is it, why is it that he's got problems why does he have enemies I think that's what he's referring to not so much verse 6 but people are amazed why do good people have bad things happen to them have you heard that question before well I might mention it again tonight but Christ well he was the only good person forget the idea that good people because none of us are good but Christ had bad things happen to him we don't ask the question why because he willingly happened them to him but the people are looking and pointing the finger like they did at Job they're saying why does he suffer why does he have difficulty why does he have mental health problems why does he have melancholy why does he have down days and days where his soul needs lifting up he says verse 7 but thou art my refuge that's what the older person can say that knows the Lord I have a rock I have a fortress I have a refuge I have one that I can run to in prayer oh don't look at me think of your own life if you don't know Christ you have no rock no refuge you have no fortress you have no one that you can turn to you have no stronghold you have no one that you can look to in life I am as a wonder unto many but thou my God my Savior art my strong refuge can you say that do you know that one do you look to him is he the one that you run to in life or do you think I'm strong I'm the one 
who has the strength for latter years. I'm the one who will be there when old years come. David says, I'm a wonder to many. Where's my strength coming from in latter years? Where is my refuge? Where is the one who you're looking to? He's there. He's my strength. He's my refuge. Spurgeon said this, the believer is a riddle, an enigma, a puzzle to the unspiritual. He's a monster warring with those delights of the flesh, Satan, the flesh and the world, which all which are the all in all of other men. He is a prodigy, unaccountable to the judgments of ungodly men, but a wonder gazed at and feared at and by and by derided by others. Well, we come to our third point. Our third point this morning. What are the exhortations that we need to turn to in old age? Well, I have too many to cover, but verse 14, here's the first. This is the attitude of the believer in latter years. It says this, verse 14, but I will hope continually. That's the believer. Not a vague, wishy-washy hope, hoping for the best. No, I have a sure, strong, certain hope. When the problems of old age relentlessly kick in and the bones hurt and life becomes a challenge just to get up and to get through the next day, the psalmist says, I have a hope. I will hope continually, and I will yet praise thee more and more. The first one, hope. Hope in God. The second one, I will yet praise thee more and more. That's the second answer, hope in God. But you know, every believer should have that praise continually on his lips. He should be looking unto God. He should be looking to him and praising him in everything. Is that your attitude? Do you praise God from whom all blessings flow? That's what the believer does. The believer says, I hope in God and I will yet praise God as I get older more and more and more. Why? Because you've got more to praise him for. You are one. Perhaps this brother could stay at the back, please, and not disturb us. I will yet praise God more and more because I have more to praise him for. I have more to thank him for in life and therefore when life gets difficult, my lips will speak of him. 
I will praise him yet more and more. Thirdly, I will develop in my words kindness, kind words. Verse 15, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. What are we going to speak of in older years? Speak of the aches and the pains, I don't doubt they're real. Speak of the latest ailment and difficulty, oh yes, I don't doubt that's there. Some of us, some here in this congregation, have ailment after ailment, but what will I speak about? My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. My words, my conversation, I'll be taken up with what? Him, Christ, his perfect life and his salvation to me. What he's done for my soul. That's what I will speak about. Well, fourthly, life is uncertain. It says here, I don't know the numbers. I don't know how long I'll live. Will I have one more day? One more hour? I don't know, says David. I don't know how many days God has entrusted to me, for I know not the numbers thereof. Life is uncertain. That's something to speak about. In latter years, we should think often of the fact that we don't know how many days we have. Teach us to number our days that we may apply ourselves unto wisdom. But there's something else here. What should be our preoccupation? Verse 16, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness even of thine only. This is about witness. The person who doesn't know how long they've got to live, whose bones are aching, what will they speak of? Christ. They'll witness. They'll speak of him. They'll speak of how he has lifted them up from the pit, how he has blessed them. And they'll speak in such a way that the younger ones will say, I need such a saviour. I need one that gives strength. I need one that gives hope. He is to be my strength. In latter life, I will make mention of him. Well, just to close this morning, there's something for our older friends this morning. What is your job when you're retired? Pastor, I can't do anything. I wish I could do this and that, but I can't anymore. I can't come to all the meetings. I can't do this and that and the other. Well, yes, you can. You have a ministry that I can't deliver. You have a ministry that no one else can accomplish. You have a ministry in your home you have a ministry that the Lord would have you to be engaged and taken up with. And this ministry 
is a secret ministry. It's the ministry of prayer. It's vital. You've got time, you've got experience, you've got knowledge, and you are the engine room of the church. You are the means in all likelihood according to God's grace through which salvation will come to this church. If there are no souls saved, maybe it's through a lack of prayer. And the ministry that you can discharge at home is unique because you've got the time to pray for me, for the Sunday school, for all the means of outreach that we have. That's your work. You will speak of him. You will pray to him. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thou thy salvation all the day. Let me say in closing, our older friends, do you know your presence in this church and in our lives gives us a role model to follow. Your testimony, what you speak about, the decisions that you take, the encouragement that you give, they are what help us to follow in your footsteps. They are the example under Christ that we follow. Your testimony is evidence of God's faithfulness. It's evidence that God keeps his promises. When we see you coming to the meetings, you encourage us to prepare more, to pray more, to follow in your footsteps. When we hear your life stories of how the Lord has upheld you, kept you, protected you, preserved you, we realize that it's by grace that we stand that when we fail, the Lord lifts us up. And when we hear your wisdom, the words that you say that come from experience, the scripture that you give that comes from knowledge, and you know how to apply it, just the right time, just the right situation, you encourage us. Your presence, your testimony, your life stories, your wisdom. We benefit so much. And that's what David is saying here in this lovely psalm. In latter years, the Lord will not fail. If you've taken preparation early, and if you've followed in his footsteps, then in latter years there's no fear, for the Lord will not Leave his people. The Lord will keep us in latter years and he'll uphold us and give us the strength that we need. Let's sing our closing hymn this morning.